Welcome back to another super special author interview. Um, today we're chatting with Lissa K. Adams, who is the author of the Bromance Book Club series. Right. So that is the Bromance Book Club, Undercover Bromance, and her new book that just came out, which is Crazy Stupid Bromance. You might have recognized these from the internet because they have great covers. Very colorful. Yes, they're all over Bookstagram. Yeah. Lots of fine art on the front. And... Um, and yeah, we were excited to talk about it. Her first book got a bunch of hype because it's about like men who read romance novels to strengthen their relationships. And everyone was like, ooh, what a fun thing to read about. So yeah, it was fun to chat with her about like what inspired that journey and what inspired the pet names. <laughs> yeah, yep. And kind of like how the bromance book club expanded into the next uh, couple books and there are more there's more coming yeah. from lissa k adams and she gives us a little um hint as to what is next so that's exciting and we bonded with her over cheesy potatoes so if you're from the midwest we've got an extra special treat for you <laughs> yeah yeah so we hope you enjoyed this interview yeah enjoy this is going to be the best book you ever read. Like, this is your new favorite book. Off the internet, man. Off the I need to go be an introvert. <laughs> Welcome to Books in the City. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Books in the City. I'm Becky. I'm Emily. And I'm Lissa. Yay, we're Yay. so excited to have you. <laughs> Yeah. Thank welcome. you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So your books are famous on Bookstagram. So we're we're really excited <laughs> to have you here. And I'm sure all of our listeners are excited to to hear what you have to say. Um, <laughs> I read that you're from Michigan or you live in Michigan. Yes. Native of Michigan and, and live here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do you do the thing where you're like showing oh, people yeah. the hand? And yep. From right <laughs> okay. here. Yep. Right She's there. from the center of her palm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have known that you're from Michigan or the Midwest if I hadn't seen it because you mentioned cheesy potatoes in the new book <laughs> <laughs> Becky and I were both like oh we need a good cheesy potato oh man Give, like and I'm the person that like if it calls for like one package of cheese like no you put another package of cheese like <laughs> Who just puts one package of cheese in their cheesy potatoes? I love cheesy potatoes. It like seriously, Same. when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't had those in so long. I'm gonna have to <laughs> make them. They're the best. So for those of you not from the Midwest who are wondering what cheesy pota potatoes are, Google it. It's also sometimes called funeral potatoes. Very good. Yeah, I'm not really sure why because they never are so happy. Sometimes yeah, well, I, I don't think... know why they're called that because they're the happiest potatoes. They are the happiest. The planet, well, maybe it's so. to cheer people up. I don't know. I think maybe, anyone maybe. from the Midwest has a special like affinity for p any potato-based dish. We're just oh, yeah. like, any, potato people in any, the middle of the country. Anything cheesy that we can like throw into a casserole dish, yeah, and like heat up for like five days, yeah, yeah. that's our carbs that's and our starch. Thing. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were wondering if you could give our listeners a bit of an elevator pitch about your series. Yeah, so. 
The Bromance Book Club series is about a group of men who have a secret book club where they um, read romance novels that they call the manuals because they believe that romance novels hold all the answers to um, relationships and love and, and basically how to be the best partners and people they can be. So, and this is the Crazy Stupid Romance is the third in that series. Awesome. So what inspired you to write these? You know, it was kind of twofold. Um, I, you know, romance authors, um, we have, we always talk about how we wish the um, men in our lives would read, you know, romance novels to sort of, because they do model such good relationships, right? I mean, and, 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 and it sort of it, books written, um, at least the romance novels written um, by women, there are certainly, you know, non-women writing romance novels, but um written by women sort of provide uh, a look at, at life through that filter of how women navigate the world. It's, it shows the world through our lens and our thoughts. And so we always kind of think about that. We wish the men would read them. And so I just sort of took that and ran with it. Um, and and um, after the um, 2016 election, actually, when the Hollywood Access tape came out, I don't know, you guys remember that, that infamous tape, um, I, it, I was just sort of fed up with how men talk about women, mm. <laughs> you know, and that like that, that, you know, that sort of got labeled as, oh, well, people tried to apologize for it as, oh, well, that's just locker room talk. That's just how men talk when they're together. And I thought, well, what if that were not the assumption? What if we, what if I could create a group of men who that was not their default setting was being complete jerks about women and and so i just sort of threw it together with this idea that they are you know have become better men by reading romance novels written by women so yeah that reminds me of that meme that's going around about how all women love a mr darcy but men have never like read jane austen <laughs> so there's <laughs> right? this communication gap <laughs> a um bit. yeah but um it's interesting that you should mention the inspiration for this because the stereotype of romance is that it's kind of super sexy and not very yes. deep, but your books do tackle some hard topics. Like yes. you touched on toxic masculinity and sexual assault, death of a parent. So mm -hmm. could you kind of elaborate on why it was important for you to include those topics in your stories besides just the basis of the inspiration? Yeah, you know, and I'll actually just not just even myself, but I think anyone who, you know, is well-read in the genre knows that, that romance novels have always been the genre that celebrates the inner lives of people in a way that you don't necessarily see, you know, in, I think in other genres. And you do that, not just, you do that by sort of digging into the deeper issues that we deal with in our lives. And so um, I think one of the reasons that romance novels are so hopeful is not just because they have happy endings, but because those endings are based on a journey that our that characters go through, um, through really difficult things, right? Because we we do celebrate the inner lives of people, and that those inner lives can be very, you know, touchy, hurtful places sometimes. And and we do deal every day with our lives. People are grieving, and we're struggling, and we're you know trying to navigate things, um, and so. Um, for me, it was, I, you know, I can't imagine writing a book that doesn't get into deeper issues, you know, um, and so I, I, you know, just focus on issues that I personally am passionate about um, and, and sort of use those um, to explore my characters in their lives. Um, so even though they're romantic comedies, you know, I, we, you know, the, the, the humor is bracketed by, or the humor brackets, you know, some, some deeper issues. 
So for those of our listeners who haven't read the bromance series, you might be the last on the <laughs> planet, but here's a <laughs> here's a little background. Um so she she mentioned that uh the the book the books kind of center around the this bromance book club. And so then each book in the series is a different couple in mm-hmm. from that book club. So the most recent book, Crazy Stupid Bro- Bromance that just came out features another couple from the bromance friend group. Which couple has been the most fun for you to write? Oh gosh, I mean I love every single one of the couples, you know, I mean I love all my characters. I think in terms of just being a fun ride, I think Mac and Liv were fun to write because they just were so antagonistic towards each other um, at the beginning and were just funny together. They just had such, you know, the insults they would sling at each other was quite fun. Um, But I think the most emotional couple that I've written was probably Noah and Alexis in Crazy Stupid Romance. I mean, um, the, you know, the subplot of that book that Alexis is going through um, involves kidney donation to a family member she didn't even know she had. And, um, and so it was, I really enjoyed sort of the, the, their, relationship has a foundation of kindness first and foremost they're just very kind to each other and very supportive of each other and so um that was a very um it was very soothing to write a relationship like that I I think okay so then if you could go on a double date with any of the series couples who would you choose like (laughs) oh my gosh Liv and Mac are fun but would you like be in the room with them. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, who would I go on? You know, probably Gavin and Thea from the first book. Um That's because yeah, I, they're just because they're kind of a down to earth couple and um um you know, I think I could relate. I could relate to Thea on a lot of ways, like the washi tape obsession. That's that's me. <laughs> I've got way more than I could ever use. Um so I yeah, I definitely think that um my husband and Gavin would get along for sure. The washi tape mention, I was like, she <laughs> she must be a fan of it because it was so specific. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, washi is a specific like flavor of art. Of craft, yes. It brings me back to my RA days because we'd have to like decorate yeah. bulletin boards and everyone was like, you have washi tape? Because then it <laughs> immediately means like less effort and it looks better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've got more than I could ever possibly need. (laughs) So Crazy Stupid Bromance features friends to lovers, um, as you just mentioned. And then you tackled enemies to lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, We're big enemies to lovers fans here at the podcast. Which romance (laughs) trope is your favorite to write or just in general your favorite? You know, I am a sucker for um, um, both second chance and marriage and trouble. tropes I think I think because you do jump into um I like to say that you sort of you you jump into the deep end of the emotional pool with those tropes right like the minute the book starts you are just wrapped up in their um their history and and whatever issues you know are between them so I do I do love that uh, uh, that trope but this was the first time I had written a friends to lovers trope and um it was very I, I liked it it was very soothing to have two characters who just started this from this place of, um, you know, such respect and equality. And, and, uh, that was, that was very fun to write. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always love a hate to love because I think the tension makes it really interesting, So good, but I think the bromance book club, like the first one 
it did I'm not used to reading about like the marital Mm-hmm. relationship and like refinding romance and I felt like oh that's a different kind of tension that I'm kind of into you're like you kind of <laughs> want them to stay together but they yeah. like won't talk to each other <laughs> um, and it's almost kind of a hate to love there for a minute too yeah, yeah. Thea's Thea is uh she's in a bad place at the beginning she's done you know she's she's fed up she's done with that so um yeah so he had to really win her back win her over I do have yeah, to yeah you're right that was kind of like a grounded hate to love I, was like, <laughs> I do have to say though the friends to lovers tension is almost more intense than a hate to love there's oh, a yeah, lot they're like stake. we can't yeah there's so much at stake you know for like Noah and Alexis in this book you know they both just appreciate this relationship that they have this friendship so much and it's so important to them that um they just don't want to risk ruining that you know Mm -hmm. even though they both have feelings for each other they're like oh you know you never know if something's gonna work out and so that does create its own kind of tension i was also so impressed that they lasted a year of that friendship without anything happening a year (laughs) right yes they they lasted a long time yeah that's very harry and sally of them right (laughs) (laughs) um so while we're kind of like talking about genres and tropes and stuff uh, we are wondering, like, what specific qualities do you think make a romance novel a romance? Like, what would define it as a romantic novel? Especially, like, for the bromance book club when they're picking out novels, you know, how right. do they know where to go? Well, you know, I think, I, obviously, the the, the biggest um, sort of genre expectation um, is that is that they that you do have a hopeful, happy ending, that they do end up together. I think that's one of the, the reasons why... The genre does so well is is people know they're going to get that hopeful ending um but i think also that there has to be um that the relationship has to be grounded in in respect and equality and consent i think that's hugely important um that um you know even if you know that, that sometimes i struggle a little bit with what they call taboo romance um i think that there's a place for you know exploring taboo topics in fiction but sometimes books get shelved in romance that um, sort of, you know, kind of makes my eye twitch a little bit because they're not based on consent. Mm. They're not based on equality. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, So for me, I think for something to be a really true romance novel, the two people have to be, have to be equals. They have to be um, equals to each. They have to consider each other equals, even if it's set in sort of a historical time when clearly there was not equality Mm. um, to each other they're equals and there is consent there and, and, and respect. And that for me is really important in, in romance. So I read that bromance book club is coming to Netflix. Yes. Yeah. We, I sold the rights to Netflix. It's um, there's a screenplay written right now. So (laughs) Congrats. congrats. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, so if you could cast any of the actors for the roles, who would you cast? Oh my gosh, I get asked this so often and you're not going to believe it, but I, I never know what to say because I picture my characters so differently that I'm, I'm afraid other people do. And I'm always afraid to ruin that, but I feel like if you, okay, this is a completely random, most people don't even know who this actor is, but if you guys, did you guys ever see, um, Heart of Dixie? Did you ever watch that show on the CW, um, 
there's an actor named Bethel Wilson who I is basically the embodiment, the physical embodiment of how I picture Gavin. Um, (laughs) But somebody totally planted a seed in my head about the Russian that I never thought of before. And they picked, they said Chris Hemsworth. Because he can be really goofy (laughs) as the Russian. He would be a really funny, goofy guy for the Russian. So, hey, if you want to put Chris Hemsworth in my movie in any role, I'm totally there for that. Um, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For Mac, um, maybe like sort of a cleaned up Jason Momoa, maybe? Interesting. (laughs) Shorter hair, like short hair, because Mac does not have long hair. You know, he's very meticulous ah. mm-hmm. but he's cheeky like jason Momoa is so cheeky you know like he's always got like he's about to say something really dirty and knows he shouldn't and that's that's basically <laughs> yeah, that. he's very like charming yeah yeah we all just went like <laughs> just the, the i gotta say the the audiobooks were so fun to listen to because i don't know who was narrating but i was like love this sexy train and He's then so when good. they got to the regency parts it was very funny yeah, for me they so did such a good job yeah so because of your books there are now real life romance book clubs starting yeah. up how does that feel yes that's amazing i'm so excited about that i mean i um I just, I'm so glad that like, first of all, that anybody discovers the romance genre for the first time, it, you know, because of something I wrote, that's exciting to me. I don't care who they are, you know, that, that is just so gratifying, but to know that like men are actually considering it like, oh, maybe I really can become a better person by reading, you know, seeing good relationships and good male behavior and good male friendships being modeled that you know that's amazing i'm i'm so excited about that um uh yeah there's a in particular there's a book club um in the la area founded by a guy named jason rogers um who was an olympic medalist and um he has is a writer now and has written pretty extensively about modern masculinity and so when he saw my book he was like oh that's kind of right up my aisle and um read it decided to form you know, his own book club. And yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. I love that. Where oh can we God. find yeah. a romance book club so we can be the girls for that? <laughs> right. I know. I know. I'll just walk by their cafe. Like, oh, sorry. I saw you were reading a <laughs> I mean, novel. not just swoon to see a bunch of guys sitting around like critically and like intelligently dissecting a romance novel. Like how sexy would exactly. that be? <laughs> Yeah, if, if you guys are out there, definitely. We have a P.O. box. <laughs> Send us your location. Right. Drop a pin. Um, so I've kind of noticed this trend towards building these expanded universe type settings where they're not like sequels, but they kind of like feature different characters from previous mm-hmm. works. Um, so did you always know that the sequels would have characters from previous books when oh, you yeah. first started writing the series? Yeah, I definitely always envisioned that because I think as a reader, one of the things that I love is to, you know, be immersed in a series and then the next book is about a character that I remember, you know, from a previous book. Or, um, so that's always just one of my favorite things as a reader is when, you, when there's a, a secondary character in one book that sort of stands out and then you get to know them on a really deep level in the next book, you know? And so that just as a reader, I love that. So I knew I would want to do that um, for my characters. And, and it's fun to create characters too, that like, you know, like with Mac, 
um, in book one, he's kind of, I mean, he's kind of a pain in the butt. I mean, you know, he, you know, Gavin literally wants to, it does punch him at one point, you know, and I mean, and he's supposed to be that way. He's sort of supposed to be that foil character to Gavin. And, but then being able to show him on a much deeper level and to sort of show all the layers to him, you know, in, in undercover romance, I mean, that's just fun, you know, for a writer to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So I want to know if the series continues, if you're planning on continuing yes. it and we think we have a guess on who the next <laughs> couple will be. But could you tell us anything about, you know, like who the next character yeah, is? Yeah, so book four will be out next summer. Wait, can and we it guess is first? about. Sure. I think it's the Russian. Who do you think? Yeah, I'm with Becky. It's the Russian. I knew yeah. it. Oh my God. <laughs> I finally find out his name. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Vlad. Or I think it would be even funnier if you just call him the Russian. The whole, whole thing. Time. Yeah. I or, or if his wife just called him the Russian. <laughs> she's mrs right and mrs russian mrs um russian. yeah so yeah in book three i definitely dropped some hints there about what's coming you know um or i start dropping some hints in that book that there's a little more to his life and his backstory than you know you you see in books one and two and um and then there's definitely something dropped in the epilogue of book three that becomes the jumping off point for book four and it's been so fun to write his story just absolutely so fun yeah do you have a specific trope that you're playing mm -hmm. to or um... yeah and this is not a spoiler at all to say because the pre-order links and the blurbs are already up um but it is a modern marriage of convenience trope oh, okay. <laughs> i'm interested yes I'm it's so sweet i'm just loving his story Cool. Mm -hmm. So we have a tradition here on the podcast where we ask every guest guest their favorite reading drink and their favorite writing oh, drink. Okay. Alcoholic or not, but I want to switch things up this time. Okay. If you had to create a special drink and it doesn't have to be alcoholic to go along with each bromance book, what would it be? Oh, this is perfect. Okay. So probably she's like, oh yeah, man, let's go. Okay. So for book one, it would definitely be non-alcoholic because of the kids, you know, so it would probably be like a, um, like a fruity, like a fruity fruit punch, you know, that Gavin would whip up for the girls probably. Uh -huh. <laughs> for book two, it would be a very high end, um, rum drink. Um, so probably, you know, because Liv likes really high end liquors. So probably like a rum and Coke, but with like a super expensive rare rum that's like $500 a bottle or okay. something. Oh, wow. And then for book three, um, it would be a coffee drink for sure. Um, probably like a, um, a soy pumpkin latte probably would be my drink for book three that sounds oh, good <laughs> like a little cat face on. yeah exactly you know like in cinnamon yes they could like make, have like a little stencil that they use stencil. That. <laughs> I see. we didn't um get into the cat aspect at all of um crazy stupid bromance but right i have to Demon compliment cat. you on the name beefcake <laughs> beefcake <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty pretty great as a cat name. Yeah, he's uh yeah, he he as a nickname would he go by beef or by cake? You know, or this beefy? is a question I have not considered. That probably beef or cake. Beefy would be good. Beefy would be a good nickname. That would be good. Is beefcake yeah. inspired by any anyone specific? So, you know, 
pretty much all the weird animals that show up in Bromance Book Club are inspired by real animals um, that my family has had. I, there's something, my family is cursed in some way that we always end up with the craziest animals. <laughs> Um, we had a, um, a cat that used to ride our horse, for example, oh like the horse would like come <laughs> up to the fence and the cat would jump up. My parents do. I don't personally have, a, um, so like, we just have these like, and the, in undercover bromance, the rooster, Randy is based on an actual, oh my God. there's an actual rooster at my parents' house named Randy and everything is true. I mean, that, that is the, that animal is the biggest jerk on the planet. And um, yeah, that reminded me of my family has a story about how they, they used to keep chickens and they had one rooster oh, they're terrible. And it was like back in the day and yeah he would like chase down yes. my uncle while he was still dating <laughs> my aunt he would like chase him down their long driveway because um, my aunt like raised him from an egg so. oh my god they're mean roosters are mean they're terrible they are um, and so beefcake would be based on um one of our cats that we still have named um gus and oh. he is just the world's crankiest cat right now. Like he, he just, I mean, he wants to be outside all the time. And, and, um, but you know, once you get to know him like beefcake, he's actually a real softy and a real sweetie. But like, when you first see him, you're like, Oh my God, what, <laughs> what is wrong with that cat? Like, yeah. So we loved beefcake. <laughs> he's a good kitty. So, um, we always kind of end our episodes with, well, we talk about what we're currently reading and then what we plan on reading next. So we were wondering if you've been reading anything good lately or hope to soon. Yeah. So, um, currently or just finished a book, um, by an author named Cara Bastone called just a heartbeat away. So good by, um, HQN. It's a, um, age gap romance. So the hero is a 40 year old widow widower and um, he falls in love with his son's preschool teacher who's only 28. And it's the most beautiful story. I mean, just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, And also Snapped by Alexa Martin. If you haven't read any Alexa Martin, oh my gosh, I adore her. Um, And I think the next book I'm going to read is probably, oh gosh, I have so many on my to be read pile right now. Um, Same. uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so far behind, but probably the next one, I have not read Boyfriend Material yet by Alexis Hall. And so everyone keeps saying that I have to read that. So that's probably the next thing I'm going to read. Awesome. So where can our listeners find you online? Way too often on Twitter uh, for my mental health, way too often at, at, uh, at Lisa K Adams um, on Instagram at Lisa K Adams as well. And then website, Lisa K Adams.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for reading. Of course. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you. Keep those audiobooks coming. I can listen to that guy talk all oh, day. So, I love his voice. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. Bye.